Jeremiah 3.15, And I will give you pastors according to mine heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. Welcome to the podcast of the Kadesh Family Church, Newark Branch, a place where Jesus resides. Our main goal and purpose is to provide the solid foundation of Bible-based teachings for our day-to-day living. Preached to you by our residing pastor, Reverend Dr. Charles Osset. We hope you are blessed by the Word of God, and may your life never be the same. Father, we thank you this morning that we are not gathered before men, but we are gathered before your throne. We have gathered with the presence of the Spirit of God. This morning, let it not be the enchanting words of a man's wisdom, but let it be the demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Father, I speak concerning the things of God. Let the sick be healed. Let the weak be made strong. Let the one that is troubled find peace. Let the one that is looking for direction find direction. Father, thank you for supernatural miracles. Thank you for blessings, oh God. Lord, may the troubled mother find direction and peace for her life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Put your hand together for the Lord and be seated. Please take your seat. Sit on top of your enemies. I say sit on top of your enemies. Some of you are not doing it well. Sit on top of your enemies. Very good. Hallelujah. Squish them. Squash them. Kill them all. Hallelujah. God is good. Hallelujah. What a mighty God we serve. Do you want to learn the verse today or if you learn the verse? Let's put on the verse on the screen. Anybody want to read scriptures? Scriptures are not coming. All right. The guy doesn't want to learn scriptures, so he's not bringing the scriptures. No problem. I have scriptures for you. Hallelujah. Well, John chapter 5. You don't have your scriptures. I have my scriptures ready. So go to John chapter 5. We're going to read this interesting passage. John chapter 5, verse number 1 to 9. In the days of Jesus Christ, they stood up to read. And the preacher sat down. So why don't you stand up to your feet and let's read John chapter 5. They stood to read. John chapter 5, verse 1 to 9. Go. 
After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there was at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethsaida, having five porches. In this lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, wearied, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he said unto him, Will thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another stepped down before me. Jesus said unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, and took up his bed, and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. Put your hands together for Jesus. Please be seated. Hallelujah. The man at the pool. Hallelujah. Well, Happy to see you all. Last week, we were at Jerusalem. Hallelujah. And I, I, hope, I hope you guys had a good Father's Day service. And respected and honored the fathers. Hallelujah. Hope you honored the fathers. Hallelujah. If I be a father, where is my honor? Hallelujah. Don't call somebody father or daddy when you don't honor the person. It's, it's rubbish. If I be a father, where is my honor? So before you call a pastor or somebody, daddy, daddy, honor the person. Hallelujah. Otherwise, it's rubbish. Hallelujah. But last week, we were in Jerusalem. Hallelujah. We were in Israel. Not only, no, Israel. Because no, Jerusalem is not, Israel is more than Jerusalem. When we in Israel, we went to Jerusalem, Nazareth, Jericho, Capernaum, places. Hallelujah. Amen. And, you know, there is something about the Bible and Jerusalem. I see you go to Jerusalem. Amen. Every Christian should visit Israel in their lifetime. Amen. You should say, I'll, I'll be there. Amen. Yeah. Because, you see, what I'm going to share with you, I mean, this is not my first time, but my second, yeah, this is the second time I'm going to Jerusalem. What I'm going to share with you, I have a picture of what the place looks like. So it's even more real. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, like, like when I'm preaching, it's more real. Because I walked where he walked. When, you, when Bishop took us to the city of Name and they showed us the widow, where the widow, it's more real. When you see Capernaum, you see the Sea of Galilee. You see, when the Bible says, Tiberius, Decapolis, the madman of Gadara, it's more real. You actually walk the places. Do you understand? 
And this story is even more real after what I saw last week. I'm, I'm, I'm preaching about how to preach salvation. The man at the pool. Hallelujah. Amen. Because you see, because, you know, when you go, there was a, said, there, there, just, there was a feast. Go to chapter 1. There was a feast in Jerusalem. Let's start from chapter 1. Okay? Verse 1. Verse 1, sorry. Verse 1. And there was a feast in, in, of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem, which was a temple. Do you understand? And there was, a, and, a, and now there was at Jerusalem, at the sheep market, a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue, Bethsaida, having five porches. I saw it. So now when I'm preaching, I understand it more. Because we went to the temple, where the temple is supposed to be. The church. I'm, of course, it's ruined now, but the, the, just the historical site. And then, you so the, the temple was like, um, let me see, maybe the temple is like, you know, what was it? Street, yeah, Clinton Avenue. Clinton, right? You understand? Yeah, that's, that's the next street, right? The next block. Uh-huh. So you see the temple. Then behind the temple, when you walk down, there was this pool. This pool is actually still there. Wow. Yeah, the five porches. It's actually there. I mean, it's ruined. It's like a historical site. But you can count the five. It was like a, a huge swimming pool. It's like a huge swimming pool, probably about the size of, maybe bigger than, slightly bigger than this room. And it has like five small, small pools. So you can actually see it. Do you get it? So you can understand that. So Jesus was at the temple, maybe at the next traffic light somewhere here. And then how he can walk. And, and, and by the pool, you see like, there's a, where the church is, there's actually a church there. They build a church. That's where the sick people were. Do you understand? It's like, by the pool, there is this large area where now some people have put a church there. It's one of the most beautiful churches. When, you don't need a microphone to preach in that church. When you sing it, echoes. I think we sang that. I have a recording. I'll show it to you. I have a recording of that. I'll give it to the choir. Remind you, I'll give it to the choir. I have a recording. It just vibrates. Beautiful. So you can see that there was a... So you can see where it was. So now when I read, I understand that Jesus can actually walk from the church, get behind the church, and walk on that small... Uh, the pavement, where the people were, and then go to the pool. Do, do you understand? And the pool actually have five porches, like five rectangles. So it, it's actually like a hot water springs, I would say. Do you understand? Five springs. So you can actually see the thing literally. Amen. Amen. So it makes more sense. Now I can understand that. So people were just sitting around the pool. And then the angel will come and shake the water. And whoever was first to get in will get healed. Hallelujah. So the Bible even makes more meaning to me. So like what? I can actually preach without even realizing like it makes sense to me. That, oh, so he was here. Then he got behind the back door, which is the ship, which is the gate, the ship market pool. There are so many... Uh, the, uh, by the ship market, a pool. And the ship market is a type of like they have the gates, Herod Gate, Ship Market Gate, this gate. So it's one of the gates of the temple. That's what it is. 
She walked by it, and then he, so when, so she, he got out. Walk, Hallelujah. Are you hearing me? So this is one of the many miracles Jesus performed. Amen. And the question was, in fact, it's very interesting. You, you, so many things you, you understand in the Bible. When you go to Jerusalem, you can see that, look, Jesus must be God. Though. I'm telling you, I was telling you, on te- those of you who don't come to church on Thursday, he must be God. Otherwise, otherwise there's no the, the, the things that he did and said, it has to be God. Hallelujah. I will show them a picture of me and Bishop at the Sea of Galilee. And people, I won't show you today because some people were trying to look at all my other pictures. I was at the Sea of Galilee. I was, I, I was at Jericho with uh, Bishop and we're trying to climb the sycamore tree, the one that Zacchaeus was climbing. It's all, all two pictures at all those places. See me after church, I'll show you. You see, it must be God. Do you know what I'm saying? Must be God because you see, when he finished his ministry, he cursed certain cities. He said, "Kafanum, okay, Kafanum, you are cursed because if the miracles that you are seen were seen by other cities, they would have believed." He cursed Kafanum. What we call Kafanum, the Jewish guys say it's called Kafanum, not Kafanum. We say Kafanum, but the right pronunciation is Kafanum. Kafa Nahum. Kafa means a village. Nahum means rest, a village of rest. That's what it means, Kafa Nahum. So if you don't say Kapenum anymore. <laughs> Kapenum. It's not Kapenum. It's not Kapenum. But, you know, I'm telling you something. That was Jesus' ministry headquarters. That's where Peter came from. So that's where Peter, that's Peter, Peter, Peter Andrew his brother Philip, that's all that Bethsaida community. That's where they come from. So that was Jesus's, Jesus, that was all Jesus started. He did his real miracles. That was his main quarters. You understand? In his ministry. So from there, in fact, from Capernaum, so the Sea of Galilee, where he walked on water and all those things, it's all around the same area. So you can understand why he said that though he was in, uh, he, he walked on, uh, where he, he fed the 5,000. You can see, it's, it's actually, you can see the mountain. So you can see that why 5,000 people can be staggered on the side of a slope. Do you get it? You see, but he must be God. Because when he finished his ministry, he said, Capernaum, you are cursed. Because you didn't believe the miracles that you were seeing. And can you believe that when you go to Jerusalem, when you go to Israel today, when you go to Israel today, Bethlehem is still a city. Bethlehem is there. It's a town. Nazareth is there. You can, people go to school in Nazareth. They work in Nazareth. They marry in Nazareth. They buy ice cream in Nazareth. It's a town like any other town. Nazareth is like Elizabeth. You go to Jerusalem, it's like New York. You go to Jerusalem. Everything is in Jerusalem. People are drinking. People are boozing. There's gay. It's like any other. Everything in Jerusalem is there. You go to Tiberias, which is Galilee. It's there. It's like a city. People go to school. People go to school. People work. It's all there. They're all there. The only place that does not exist is Capernaum. Wow. It's amazing. Because it was cursed. So when you go to Capernaum, you don't, there's no town. The only thing in Capernaum is the ruins 
the historical ruins of where Peter, they say this is where Peter lived. This is where Peter mother is Lord. There's no town. And, 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 and it's amazing. They're all around. Like, Capernaum is like, maybe, if Capernaum is like Evington, uh, if Capernaum is like Evington, maybe Tiberius is like um, Edison. All around the lake. And all the towns are in existence, but nobody has built Capernaum because Jesus cursed it. Interesting. I mean, even, even if you are an architect or you want to develop in, I mean, people develop around certain people develop around certain localities. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, you wonder why come that there's a development in Edmonton but nobody's living in Elizabeth? Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not like maybe Capernaum is in some remote part. No, in the same area. But that town, is, that, that town does not exist. It must be God. He cursed it. So that also makes me know that look, you must fear curses. You must be afraid of blessings and curses. Don't joke with it. So do things that will attract a blessing. Hallelujah. Seriously. Because in architecture, it doesn't make sense. Like they are all, I mean, the same geographical location, the same environment. There's a town here, there's a town here. How come this town is not there? Because he cursed it. He must be God. Hallelujah. So let's work for blessings. Tell your neighbor, labor for a blessing. And fear curses. Don't do things that bring curse. And, 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 and one of the revelations that we had is see. Curses and blessings, eh? They are long term. They are long term. So once somebody is cursed, you will not see the effect immediately. Time. It's time. Because I'm sure when Jesus spoke those words at that time, the city still existed. It still existed. Until the woman told us, he said, and the, and the told, he told us, AD, I can't remember, so AD something, there was a major earthquake, and that city was the only one that was destroyed. So have a healthy respect for blessings and cases. Hallelujah. Yeah. It's very interesting. So all those places. He went to Nazareth, his hometown, where they didn't believe. Where, and there he could do no miracles. And the people there, they are very wicked though. <laughs> Nazareth! Do you think people in everything are wicked? Nazareth, they are more wicked. <laughs> Look. You know, about one time Jesus at, at the Feast of the Jews, eh, they wanted to throw him over a cliff. Do you remember that story in the Bible? Yes. We actually walked to that place. We walked to that place, the Mount of Precipice. And you can see the human beings are wicked. Look, Fred, when you stand on top of the mountain and you look down, you wanted to push somebody from this. <laughs> Why they wanted to push him over? When do you stand at the top of that mountain and you look down? There's no way you can survive. And why are you so wicked? You want to push somebody over the cliff? Wicked! But the Bible says he walked um, See, there, he maneuvered his way out. Which is also a revelation. Not every, he was supposed to die. But death on the cross, not, read by, not, not dead by being pushed down. Because not all die, be die. Some death are foolish death. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Anyway, so, 
I'm talking about this story which makes more sense now. Amen. And the first thing that we, when we read this story that, the Bible said there were so many people lying by the pool. Many. But he went and healed only one guy. Only one. They were by the pool. Many infirm, infirm, sick and impotent. But he went by and healed only one. Hallelujah. Yeah. So, why only one? Why didn't you heal everybody? Why do you go to a place you have the power to heal? You have the power to heal. You have the power to do miracles. And you touch only one person and you leave the rest. It's a question. Could he have healed all of them? I'm asking you a question. Could he have healed all of them? I said, could he have healed all of them? Yes. Because in another place, in Mark chapter 6, he, he healed them all. So how come here, you just only heal this guy and walk away? You want to know the answer? No, you want to know the answer? Verse 19. Verse 19 is the answer. Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Very, very, I say unto you, the son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the father do. For what sober things sober he does, for what, for what things sober he doeth, this also doeth the son likewise. The son can do nothing. You want to know why he healed only one person? Because God has decided only to heal that one person. I do what the father does. That's all. That's the answer. I don't go around healing. I go around healing whom the father wants to heal. The son can do nothing. It's not that I come. Okay, so everybody here be healed. That is why I find it sometimes I find it very amazing. I mean, please look at it in the right context. I find it very amazing sometimes when I watch some of these uh, quote unquote prophetic services. And the people have lined up, and everyone, he has a the man. Okay, you are going to America, you are going to Germany, you are going to uh, Nicaragua, you are going to, you have a job. You are, I mean, these people are lined up for prophecies as if conveyor belt prophecy. Who are car? Who are aeroplane? Please, 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 please. You idiot. <laughs> I mean, people line up, oh, and you are just like prophet, it's in your pocket. No, please, please, please. The son can do nothing. The son can do nothing. Hallelujah. Amen. So grow up. Are you hearing me? Let's grow up. The son can do nothing. Yeah. One, one, one lady said, hey, you. <laughs> you are going to die a painful death. The person said, prophet, change it. <laughs> No, please. You're going to die a painful day. The person will probably change it. Nah. The son can do nothing. Except what you see the father does. Are you hearing me? But so what so what is what what are you supposed to do? So you are supposed to. You see, this is what I'm trying to show you. Since this uh, the son can do nothing except what only the father does, what you are supposed to do 
is to increase your faith. Your faith will bring your case forward to the Father so that the Son will heal you. Amen. Hallelujah. So what will bring your case up is the, your faith. So as your faith, as you have faith, your case comes to the front and then you are next in line to be healed. So even though he does not heal everybody, you can get your healing by increasing your faith. Your faith will bring your case forward. Because every time he healed, he said, your faith has made you whole. Your faith has made you whole. So you may have the Please, listen to me carefully. God is not moved by your tears or your needs. I wish I could say it again. God is not moved by your tears or your needs. So stop saying that God knows my problem. No. God is moved by your faith. So if you want your case to come forward, it's your faith. Hallelujah. The just shall live by faith. So stop saying that God knows my problem. So does your boss. <laughs> nah. It's your faith. People of faith live a better life. Have faith in God. Tell your neighbor, have faith in God. faith in Donald Trump. Have faith in God. Some of you respect the words of Donald Trump more than the words of God. Donald Trump says something you are afraid. Have faith in God. He's but only a man. Have faith in God. The just shall live by their faith. Have faith in God. What you bring your case forward is your faith. He said, he said that I can do the son can do that of himself, but what the father see it, and the, what the father see it, what he see the father is your faith, your faith, your faith. Hallelujah! You see, I'm I'm sick and tired of Christians who think that their situation is pitiful and you should know. No, 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 no. God does not respond to your tears. You see, God does God does not respond to your tears. He responds to your faith. Just like if you are a good husband, don't respond to your wife's tears. I say, if you are a good husband, don't respond to your wife's tears. I'm preaching. Do not respond. You see, listen. You see, if there's an issue, discuss it. Even when she's crying, give her tissue to wipe her tears and discuss the issue. <laughs> Don't let her use her tears to manipulate the situation. I'm preaching. Because the tears is only a tool of manipulation. You can cry, but after that, we have to discuss the issue. Wipe your tears. After that, are you done crying? Okay. Now, as I was saying, <laughs> preaching. Hallelujah. Yeah. So have faith in God. Amen. Yeah. Have faith in God. Hallelujah. And the Bible says that the man had been there for thirty-eight years. 
38 years. 38. That's a long time. That's a very long time. Hallelujah. And sometimes you wonder why people are so... Somebody, I hear one sister say, that, well, this, is the la- this year, dear, I'm giving God the last chance. I'm giving God the last chance. If I don't marry this year, I'm leaving the church. <laughs> last chance. Yeah. No. How long is your problem? 38 years. Let me tell you something. No condition is too old for God. I said no condition is too old for God. And therefore, you do yourself a disservice when you give up. Keep on believing. I said keep on believing. I said keep on believing. I said keep on believing. You see, even the people of faith, some of them believed. It did not seem. And yet believed. Keep on believing till you enter the grave. Don't stop believing. I said, don't stop believing. Until you enter the grave, do not stop believing. Because if you can heal somebody in 38 years, then your condition can be solved in 60 years. How long is your problem? I'm preaching. Keep on believing. I said, keep on believing. I said, keep on believing. Yeah. 38 years. 38. The problem was older than Jesus Christ. Yeah, you, you, do you know how old was Jesus Christ? 33. How old has the guy, how long has the guy had a problem? So the guy had a problem even before Jesus was born, man! <laughs> Which is another revelation. I'm sharing revelations. Get prophecy. Get, you see, get wisdom. Which is another revelation. Sometimes a younger person can help you more than an older person. I'm preaching. Sometimes what you need, you can learn from a young person. The solution to your problem is a young person. Sometimes you say, what do you need? You are struggling at work with your computer skills. This person has the answer. So those of us, those of us who have made ourselves grown-ups, well, I'm not a child. You can't talk to me that way. Look, sometimes a child needs to teach you. You are not saying Amen. Sometimes a child needs to teach you because your old ways is not bringing any progress. <laughs> and let all the children say, <laughs> Yes, they can teach you, they can, they can be the answer to a problem. Yeah. See, that is why it is wisdom to have transgenerational friendship. All your friends should not be your age group. You should have friends above you, friends at your level, and friends below you. You need that generational gap. I'm preaching. You need that. You cannot surround yourself only with your age group. You need to learn from above. You need to learn at your level. You need to learn from below. I'm not a child. You can't talk to me that way. No. They may have to talk to you that way. So that you will learn. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, listen to me. This is, you see, let me tell you something. These are the words of God. I'm speaking prophetically. When you come to church, I believe that you will receive wisdom to change. And sometimes the word, the word of God that is coming to you that look, you may, may be the answer to your problem is a young person. And the reason why you have not solved that problem is because you have disregarded the young person. Somebody received that prophecy. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. So very interestingly, in verse 6, Jesus asked this guy, when Jesus saw him lie, and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he said unto him, will thou be made whole? What an interesting question. Well, what an interesting question. The guy has been sitting there for 38 years. And then you come and ask the person, are you sure you want to be healed? Are you sure you want to be healed? The guy has been sitting here for 38 years. You see, but let me tell you something. Jesus never asked a stupid question. Okay? Jesus is no, does not ask stupid questions. Hallelujah. If Jesus asks the guy, there's a reason. He doesn't ask no questions. And the reason is, and the reason is, don't try to help. You may think somebody needs help, but they don't need it. You will think somebody will need help, but they may not want it. So before you offer help to somebody, make sure that they want it. Otherwise, they will slap you in the face. Otherwise, they will slap you in the face. For all you know, maybe the guy prefers to sit down so that when people are coming, one shekel, two shekel. That is his paycheck. One shekel, two shekel. Now if you are coming to make him whole, why are the people going to give to him? Maybe he prefers. Now he has to go to work. We should heal him now. <laughs> now he does not get the normal SSI check. He's losing his SSI. His disability is gone. Session 8 housing is gone. And because I know people who bring their kids and they say, everyone you say, the, pet, the child does not have asthma. No, he got asthma. He got asthma. He got asthma. Because I need the asthma so I can get a check. <laughs> because when the child has asthma, it means that the child needs a nebulizer. And the nebulizer works on electricity. So if even I don't pay my electricity bill, PSEG cannot cancel it. So I'd rather the child has asthma. So if you go and hear such a child of asthma, you see what... <laughs> she's whistling. She's whistling. Whistling. <laughs> So, he, he needs the asthma on the child. Such a bad system. She needs the asthma on the child so that 
you can have no pay their electricity bill because PSCG cannot cut the electricity when they don't pay because there's a child who may need a nebulizer. So if you're a preacher, go and heal such a child of asthma. So before you heal, you must ask, do you want to be made whole? And I'm telling you something. Never try to offer help to somebody who doesn't want it. Sometimes you think somebody needs help. You go and do, they rather insult you. My sister. Amen. You are on the same page. Sometimes it's better to keep your small help because you are trying to help and what you get is insult. So he asked him, do you want to be made home? Do you want to be made home? Before, before you, they slap you in the face. Oh yeah. Sometimes you are trying to help somebody who is not married. Oh, I think this brother will be nice. They will look at you. Eh, what do you think of me? I am just trying to help you. I've seen that over the years you are drying up. <laughs> you are just drying up as the years are going by. And I've seen this brother. And I'm saying, oh, have you considered this brother? And you rather come and listen to me. What do you think of me? That you should even propose such a person to me. I beg you, keep on drying. <laughs> do you want to be made whole? Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Yeah. And it's true. look, don't offer help to people who don't want it. Yeah. Don't. Because you'll be slapped in the face. Hallelujah. Yeah. But the guy's response is what we want to look on today. Very interesting. Verse number five. The imp and uh, number six. Why are you? Why are you not? Next one. Next verse. The important man answered him, Sir! I have no man. Sir! I have no man. Sir! I have no man. The man answered, Sir! I have no man. Now the question we ask ourselves is, so, so, so this man didn't have parents. Maybe he had a wife. Thank you. <laughs> Maybe he had children. Say, say. So, 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 you mean he didn't have parents? Say, I say, say, I have no man. That was his answer. Say, you see, and, and listen to me carefully. Say, I have no man. That was that was his answer. I have no man. The question is, didn't he have parents? Didn't he have, maybe he had a wife. Maybe he has children. I am, you know, maybe, you see, you see, you see, you see maybe, probably had parents. And as he continued to live, the parents died. Because 38 years is a long time to have a problem. So maybe the parents passed away. Maybe initially when they were dead, maybe he had a wife. Who used to come for the first two years to come and visit him at the pool. Third year, he used to come. Fourth year, he used to come. Fifth year, say, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> yes! Maybe after the fifth year, the wife started saying, listen to me, I need to live my life. 
Hope deferred make the heart sick. I need to live my life. Even God knows I've done well. There are many wives. That's why the Bible talks about the virtuous woman. He will do her husband good all the days of her life. Not some days when there's a paycheck. I'm telling them. The good is not only for the time that the man has a paycheck. After things get difficult, one, two, three years, I am sure the wife said after the fourth year, This sickness is not getting any better. This sickness is not getting any better. And, and probably, and probably there was another guy said, Look, this is your husband is not getting better. I'm interested in you. Yes. You think I don't know things? I know this. <laughs> probably. I said, No, enough. For how long can a woman carry this problem? Yeah. And pro- he probably had a son and a daughter. And I'm sure the boy, you know boys, they don't care about their parents that much. I, I, I'm told that daughters care more about their fathers than sons. That's what I've been told. That daughters are more likely to look after their fathers even into their old age. But boys, oh, that old man, you are too old. And probably, he probably had a son who was just coming for the first year, found a girlfriend. Look, the old man. <laughs> and she probably had a daughter who was coming. You know, the girls have daddy. But after a while, even the daughter got tired. She got married. And the husband said, Look, for this cause, a man shall leave his father and mother. Your father is okay. I'm sure the husband told the daughter, get over it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I am sure that the husband told the daughter, listen, get over it. Okay? We cannot live in this house this like this. Okay? Because, it, because every time he has to go, the daughter has to go and see the father, it means she has to, he cannot be able to take care of the husband. And the husband was getting jealous. He said, look, enough is enough. I married you. <laughs> something. There is something about chronic problems. You know, at a point, you have to believe God and move on. Because people don't care that much. If you think people will care forever, you are joking. So the earlier you come to yourself and decide that on this issue, I better rise up and move on. Or believe God and move on. The better you are. Because after a while, people will give up on you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. People don't hang. I'm sorry, but that's the truth. Of people don't hang around for that long. After a, while, after a while, even the ones who say they love you, they give up. So if you have this revelation that, oh, it's only up to a point. People will give up on me. It will help you. And stop depending on people forever. At a point, they will say no. What a word. Oh, yeah, listen to me. You see, I'm speaking prophetically. You see, rather trust God and believe God. And stop saying that, well, I don't know, like, nobody cares. Because nobody, what you are saying is true, nobody really cares. (laughs) 
Is somebody hearing me? Yeah. It was this church that I told you, and I'm saying it again, that life is not like a soccer game. I told you, right? Yeah. Life is not like a soccer game. In a soccer game, or in a basketball game, or in a football game, when you are playing and a player gets hit, the referee <laughs> and stops the game. The game is stopped. For the injured person to be taken out before it continues. Unfortunately, in life, it's not like that. When you get hurt or you are injured, people don't stop for you. They keep on moving. If you don't take care, they will walk over you. So the earlier you dust yourself and move, the better you'll be. As you sit there, they can walk over you. The earlier. Yeah. The boy left you. Your friends were sad for you for a few days. Gather yourself. Go get a new makeup. Lancone. Whatever it is called. Chanel, Coco Chanel. Channel 5. Whatever it is. Put something on your face. Get some dress. Do a new makeup. And go out again. <laughs> whatever they call it. Whether it's Coco Chanel or Chantel or whatever. <laughs> huh? It's called Chanel. Not Chantel. <laughs> I thought it was Chantel. It's called Chanel. Coco Chanel. Okay, I didn't know. I thought it was Chantel. <laughs> Whether it's Chantel or whatever, just get some and put on and move on. Because people don't wait forever. Is somebody hearing me? Yeah. So stop saying that. Is it, is it, people don't care that much. So the earlier you gather yourself and move on, the better you will be. Hallelujah. Life is not a soccer game. No, it's not going to stop. So stop saying that people don't care. Yes, you're right. People don't care. <laughs> look, look. It, it's, it's amazing. One of the things that I don't even like about funerals nowadays. I was telling you, when I was the funeral, I was telling you. Yeah. I don't like funerals. Because you see, if you go to most of these funerals, very few people are sad. Very few. Very few are sad. As you see the large funeral and they are playing music, very few. Most people at most people at funerals are not sad. They are there, some of them are there to look for husbands. If you are not looking for a husband at the funeral, why do you come to a funeral dress with shoulder down? I'm preaching. A funeral that somebody is dead, and your funeral cloth, you are showing one of your breasts at a dead. What is your reason for showing that? <laughs> a funeral. A funeral that you are supposed to wear sackcloth and ashes. If you are really mourning, why is your dress showing a part of your breast? So you care for an agenda. You see the funeral cloths. When they, the way people have done makeup and look at say, are they mourning? Are they really mourning? No. <laughs> Somebody went to a funeral in the Bronx. And a girl was trying to hit on him. Not the boy was sitting on the girl, the girl was sitting on the boy. And the boy said, Oh, I am married. My wife is in Ghana. Thank you. That was the exact. Oh, even those who are here, ground. What are we doing with the little Ghana? Hey, let's. 
Nothing was. Most people have not sat. So me, when I go to funeral, I just look at the belief family and all these people. That's why I should be careful not to spend too much money on funeral. Feed people, they won't give you nothing. <laughs> Please. Hallelujah. Are you here or you've gone home? Yeah. Listen carefully. Amen. Yeah. See, but the man says something that we are all talking about. He says, say. Say, say, I have no man. Say, I have no man. Say, I have no man. Which also brings another aspect of life. Okay. Let me tell you something. Life without help is difficult. Sometimes it's not that we are not good, but there's no help. Tonight, this afternoon, I prophesy for somebody. Amen. May heaven hear you and answer. Amen. May help come from above. Amen. It's not that you are not good, but there's no help. No help. No help. No help. No help. One day, many, many years ago, I was standing, you know, Bishop, this is my classmate. We were standing on the medical school balcony. No, it's a medical school, no, the, the, the hostel has a balcony. And we're standing there on the balcony just chatting. And there was one of these girls who sell granites and oranges that they carry on their head. You see, they carry the thing on their head like this. Then they are walking on the campus. Aha! She was. She was just walking up and down with a thing on her heart. Then Bishop said, No, have you seen this girl going? I said, Yes. See, you see, you were showing me a revelation. He said, Look, look at how the type of hair he had on her hair and the cloth. If this girl is to have somebody who will pay, then you mentioned another of our classmates who is very sophisticated. He said, If this girl who's carrying this thing has to do her hair the same way and wear the same clothes, she may even be more beautiful than this person. But because there's no help. You just see my revelation that sometimes we are handicapped not because you are not good, but there's no help. May heaven help you. Amen. Some of you are brilliant. If someone was to help you, that would not be your status. You know book. Help. Help. And let me tell you something. We, you see, we don't need help. Yeah. Look, look let me, I'm being honest with you. Life. That's what I must say. They must say, I have no man. The reason why I'm crippled, the reason I'm not because I have no man. If I had help, if only I had help, I would have finished that school. If only I had help, I would have done that job. If only I had had help, I would have made that decision. I have no help. It's not that I'm dumb, but I have no help. I have no help. Not because I'm dumb. Not because I'm stupid. I have no help. And everybody needs help. That is why, that is why one of the most proud statements or stupid statements you should ever make. I don't need you. You are lying. You need somebody. You need somebody. You need somebody. Stop saying I don't need anybody. You need somebody. 
somebody. You need somebody. So the days of I don't need anybody, you are lying. You need somebody. I said, Pastor, I need you. And you as a Christian, you need me. So don't say I don't need you. You need me. And I need you. You need somebody. You need somebody. Everybody needs somebody. Yeah. It's only proud people who say I don't need you. You are, you are proud. You need somebody. Even when you die, you need somebody. Because you need somebody to carry you to the grave. After you are dead, you need somebody to carry you to the morgue. Otherwise, you rot in the house. <laughs> we all need somebody. We all need help. Say, sir, I have no man. Say, I have no man. And I've come to see that life without help eh, is not easy. It's difficult. May heaven give you help. Yeah. But whilst they were going on like that, the Bible says, you see, I love Jesus. Jesus sneaked out. Hallelujah. Jesus sneaked out and came to him. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Nobody cares by Jesus' case. Nobody cares by Jesus' case. If you look at it carefully, the Bible said there was a feast. There was a party going on. There was a party going on in church. Everybody was happy. People were dancing. But I see, as much as everybody was happy and dancing, Jesus knew that right behind the church, some people are in need. Everybody was happy dancing in church. But he knew that right behind church, some people are in need. Sometimes we are so happy among ourselves, we forget that down the road, somebody is in need. So while the party was going on, he stepped out. He left, verse 1. He, le- he slipped out. While the party, because everybody was happy. But he knew that as much as everybody is smiling here, just behind the church, people are in need. Hallelujah. Yeah. Nobody cares, but he cares. I say nobody cares, but he cares. I say nobody cares, but he cares. So that is why David said, I will lift up my eyes onto the hills. From whence cometh my help? My help cometh from the Lord. It's time to lift up your head to the Lord. He helps. He cares. I say he cares. He cares. I say he cares. I say he cares. He knows your situation. Men may not consider him. You may be a brother to man, but you are not a brother to him. So I will challenge you that you are better off spending your knees, going down on your knees and asking for help from him. Because at the end of the day, he's the one who cares. And when he touches a man's heart, the heart will be touched. Hallelujah. So whilst everybody was happy, he knew that down, just behind there, people are in need. Hallelujah. Yeah. Jesus case. Amen. I say Jesus case. Hallelujah. And what was, what was even more irritating is sorry, please help us. Yes. What is, what is even more irritating was are you listening to me? He healed the man. He healed the man. He healed the man. 
because he cares. He healed the man. And what is more annoying, my brother said to me, what is more annoying is that the Bible said, and the same was the Sabbath day. And the same was the Sabbath. And can you believe that people had the audacity to ask the man, why are you carrying your mat on a Sabbath day? When I was sick, when I was lying down, when I had no help, nobody said anything. Now that somebody has healed me, you are questioning me? How hypocritical we are. How hypocritical. People are happy to see you down. The day you are up, they begin to ask you questions. Once you are down, nobody cares. Now that you are up, now there's all sort of criticisms about you. Hypocrites. Hypocritical. You are asking me why I'm carrying my mat on a Sabbath? What, what about last year when I was down? Two years when I didn't have a job. Two years when I didn't have a job. Now that I have a job, you are asking me what document am I using? Shame on you. Hypocrite. When I was down. When I was down. When I didn't have anything to do. Now you are questioning why am I living here? What am I doing? I mean, what? what how, how come? I mean, when, when I was taking the bus all year and beating my now I'm driving a car. You're asking me whose car? Where did I get it from? Idiot. Shame on you. <laughs> you see, I, I, I'm showing you how hypocritical we are. That is the reason why. You see, people are interested in bad news more than good news. I said people are interested in bad news more than good news. That is why on your outdooring or wedding, there are few people, but on your funeral, more people come. Yes, when you are alive, people don't come. When you die, a lot of people come. Let, 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 let somebody get something good. Most people will not hear. Let something bad happen. Better your people have heard in Ghana. Bad news travel like wildfire. People are interested in your not doing well than doing well. When you went on vacation with your husband in Cancun, I see you being there. Nobody heard it. But when your husband divorced you, sitting here. You could never question me. Now you're asking me. Who asked me to carry my mat? Indeed. Your mouth. Yeah. You wait until the Lord blesses you. You will see, you will see that you think people don't envy you. You'll be surprised. You will hear stories about you. Now that you are saying, oh, no, 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 no. They, they are lying. My God is going to bless you. God is going to lift you up. Yeah. And they'll be jealous. A lot of the questions are out of jealousy. Yes. A lot of questions are out of jealousy. Because people are happy when you are down. When, 
when you were driving uh, tw- uh, 2001 uh, Toyota Corolla, nobody questioned it. Now that you are driving 2019 Mercedes, they say. You are selling drugs. You are doing it's rented. Shut up. Shut up. You are jealous. I say you are jealous. And when you are, when you are single and you are struggling, no, now that you are married, I was like, hey, are you sure? Is he a good man? That guy cries. He nice. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Oh, when I saw the husband, I wasn't impressed. It doesn't matter. You don't have to be impressed. <laughs> you don't have to be impressed. I don't need your impression. <laughs> I'm preaching. Oh, eh, the, oh, when I saw the husband, I mean, I wasn't impressed. Nobody needs your impression. Yeah. yeah. People are jealous, though. People are very jealous. I remember when we bought our first house, somebody, a, a, a relative came. <laughs> you have come to somebody's house. You don't have a house. I have a house that I am staying there. And you came with my some, and, and that relative. You know how this family jealousy. So on their way out, this relative told the older relative, oh, don't mind them. It's all mortgage. <laughs> Can you believe it? <laughs> you don't have it. You don't have it. I've come. I've shown you my house. Even if it's a mortgage, you don't qualify. Even you don't. I'm preaching. Yeah, but I tell you. I came to prophesy to you. No matter how long it is, no matter how difficult it looks, no matter how much people have despised you, there is somebody who cares. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. And today he's telling you, rise up, take your mat and walk. Stand up to your feet and let's close. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I have I have a maker. He knows my name. He knows my name. Sing it. Thank you. Before even time began. Yes, Lord. My life was in his hand. The man said, Sir, I have no man, but Jesus was there for him. I have a father. 38 years he sat at the pool. He calls me. People passing by. If there was no hope, he'll never. But Jesus cares. People may not know you, but Jesus knows you. That is what David said. I will lift up my eyes unto the hill. I don't know how long you have battled that problem. How long that problem has been? Chronic problems. But there is a maker, there is a master, there is a healer. Oh, yeah.
Yes, Lord. Before oh, then it's still coming ahead. Oh, Jesus is here. My God. Your life. Your life is in his hands. He cares for you. Concerning that job. Concerning that child. Concerning that school. Concerning that situation. He knows your name. He knows your name. He knows your name. Jesus came. He knew the situation. I feel strongly led to pray for people who are battling. See, please listen to me carefully. You are battling with a chronic problem that you are at the point of giving up. You are battling with a chronic situation. You are almost at the point of giving up. If that is you, come and we'll pray. Thirty-eight years he's dwelt with it. He sees so God. And he sees each that falls. And he hears me when I call. That idiot! She sat there. I have no man. But I said, God. He knows. Sing it for me. Shakatanaya Baba. Years of God, he sees each day. Men have given up on you, men have given up on you. People don't care anymore, people don't care anymore. The simple answer of God, but this afternoon, there's an anointing here, there's a presence here. 
there is a God who hears, who cares for God.
every head bow the man said sir I have no man sir I have no man life without help is difficult life without help is difficult sir I have no man 
I want to tell you, look, please, no movement. This is very serious. Before I make the altar call, I'm going to pray one prayer. No movement. Anybody here, don't come forward. Yes, whatever you're standing, you're going for a job interview. You need help. Lift up your hand. You're going for an interview for a job or something. You need help. Lift up your hand. You need help. You need help. Whatever you're standing up, lift, lift up your hand. You need help. You need help for a job, something. You need help. Father, behold the hand that I lifted up. May help come from above. May somebody look at them and favor them. Amen. May a decision be taken in their favor. Amen. Let somebody help them. Yes, somebody of influence. Yes, somebody of authority. Yes, May help come their way. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, every head bow. Life without God is difficult. Today may have been your first day you came to church. Look, everybody with eye closed and head bowed. Think about what I'm saying carefully. Without God, life is too difficult. People don't care much. You need God. So if you are here and you are not a Christian, by a Christian I mean you are not born again. You may have come to church by yourself or somebody invited you. But for once, today, take a decision to become a Christian. Take a decision to become serious with God. Serious with God. No more playing games. Because there comes a point you must take a decision for God. So if somebody invited you to church or you may have come on your own I'm inviting you. Come forward. Thank you my sister. Everybody come. You want to come forward? Come. I'll pray for you. Anybody else? Come. Serious. Serious. Come. You want to become a Christian? No more games. No more games. I want to be a child of God. Master for God's sake, you may be young, you may be old. This is your time. There is room at the cross for you. Anybody else? I'm waiting. There's someone. She's not the only one. God is calling you. Don't wait for the service to end instead of oh, maybe I should have come. Have a cross. Salvation. For you. Salvation. There's room. There's room. There is room. Oh, I see. God loves you so much. I'm waiting. Don't go back home. This is not church as usual. No more games. I need God in my life. I want to be born again. Please, I'm waiting. There is room at the cross for you. Listen, there is heaven, there is hell. So don't joke with it. Don't say I'm too young. You're not too young. You're not too young. You need God. You need God. You need God. I'm talking to a young person here. You need God. There is still room for one. So don't wait. Don't wait. Don't say I have tomorrow. Tomorrow may never come. Don't say I have tomorrow. Another time. There's nothing like another time. I'm speaking to a young person. There is nothing like another time. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. Step forward and give your life to Jesus. There is room at the cross. There's no guarantee. There is no guarantee. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. There is no guarantee. 
No guarantees. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I love you. I love you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, God loves you. God loves you so much. I feel it. I feel the love. 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 Thank you, Holy Spirit, for salvation. Thank you. There is Say after me, Heavenly Father, I thank you this afternoon for showing me mercy, for saving me. Forgive me of my sins. Thank you for salvation. In Jesus' name. Father, thank you for my dear daughter. Thank you that she's a new creature. All things have passed away. The sins and the mistakes of the past will not affect her. Thank you for a new life. A life in God. A life of direction. A life of favor. A life of promise. A life of hope. An eternal life. In Jesus' name. Put your hands together for the Lord. Please be seated and let's go. We hope you've been blessed. Feel free to join any of our services. Contact us at qfcannouncements at gmail.com. That's qfcannouncements at gmail.com.